Hey friends, you know what I don't miss at all? That vicious week before the period. Feeling like I'm ready to crawl out of my skin, irritated by everything and everyone around me. Bouncing between cravings for salty foods and sweets and back again. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control from Happy Mammoth. Estro Control contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like the chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a menstruating person's life. And the biggest benefit? Feeling like myself again. That's what people mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews for Happy Mammoth products, including Estro Control. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code CORP, C-O-R-P, at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code C-O-R-P for 15% off today. What's up, y'all? It's Zach with Living Corporate. I'm really excited to share something with y'all. So Living Corporate is partnered with Accenture to feature some of their most experienced North American black and brown managing directors and share their journeys. My hope is that you check these out and peep the links in the show notes to learn more about each of them, including our next guest, Nigel Stevens. Nigel Stevens is the director of government relations for Accenture Federal Services, a wholly owned subsidiary of Accenture, a U.S. company. AFS serves clients in civilian, defense, and intelligence public safety agencies. Mr. Stevens oversees every aspect of the government relations program, including setting strategic direction, brand awareness in the marketplace, policy, and advocacy, a.k.a. he's that dude, y'all. Basically, he's he's touching everything, right? In this role, he also serves as the firm's primary liaison with members of Congress, service and technology industry associations, regulators, and other policy makers. Additionally, he serves on the Accenture Federal Services Leadership Team and manages Accenture Federal Service Compliance Programs for federal election and lobbying disclosure laws. Nigel also serves on the board of directors for SCORE, a nonprofit organization and national partner to the U.S. Small Business Administration dedicated to entrepreneur education and the formation, growth and success of small businesses nationwide. With that being said, the next thing you're going to hear is the interview between myself and Nigel Stevens. I know you're going to enjoy it. Talk to you soon. Nigel, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the invitation. I appreciate you being here. Uh, for those of us who don't know you, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself? Um, well, I'm a bit of a local in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, I was actually born in Jamaica, but uh, my family came here in the 80s, and uh, I grew up in Maryland and still reside in Maryland. I'm in Prince George's County. Um, I've been involved in political campaigns since I was a child. Um, my parents were very active in the community. My mother uh, was a, a teacher at Montgomery College for decades. My dad was a entrepreneur. He was an accountant and uh, ran his business out of our basement for a number of years. So he's very active in the community, and that was just a part of my upbringing. So I think part of this discussion about being government relations, uh, I've been in government or government relations as a professional for over 20 years. Wow. Um, yeah, and I, I, you know, I love politics, and I love the role of government as it plays a role in everyone's life. Um, the negotiations, there's old saying, the negotiations of and maneuvering of politics dictates 
almost every aspect of your life, whether you like it or not. Right. Uh, from safety and quality of the food you eat and the air you breathe uh, to the education you receive to whether or not your favorite sports team gets the stadium or not. Hmm. You know, it the, the negotiations and politics controls all of that. It determines all of that. Um, when I was a senior in high school, I was blessed enough to get an internship with Senator Ted Kennedy from Massachusetts, uh, Lion of the Senate. Um, and it was there that I really got an education and learned the real definition of the terms uh, economics and politics. Right? Economics is the distribution of scarce resources and politics is simply the method by which we determine who gets what, when and how. So once learning that, I fell in love with the place and I've never left Capitol Hill since. I've worked in it, on it or, uh, or uh, related to it every way I possibly could since that time. And you know what? It's that profile, Nigel, why we're so excited to talk to you today, because as you know, we're talking about politics at work. And I'm excited to talk to you today because in a large sense, I mean, really, politics is your work. Can you talk a little bit about your role as Accenture's primary liaison with members of Congress and policymakers? Like, what does that what does that mean? Um, so for me, I lead Accenture Federal Services government relations team. So I am an advocate for all the work that we do for the federal government as a client. Um, I really like that because it's my way of giving back uh, while still having a, a professional career. I mean, when I'm doing when I'm having conversations with new joiners, I really try to get them to keep things in perspective of what they do, whether you're a technologist you're a coder, you're a strategist, whatever it is, what is the big picture of what you're doing? I mean, we provide services to clients and help individuals get their student loans processed, uh, healthcare, you know, all, all those types of meaningful things that make a real difference in real people's lives. Um, and my direct role in government relations really falls into four categories um, for strategic advisor, facilitator, translator, and educator. So I provide the strategic advice based on what's happening um, with authorizations and appropriations and funding of programs to my business team so they can provide better service to their clients, uh, a facilitator to try to promote communication and coordination between the private sector and industry and the government. Um, as a translator, I so I'm not a lawyer. I went to business school, so I was trained in... Well, I went got an MBA, so I was trained in that um, communicating and translating the thoughts and and um, uh, intent of business to the government, to legislators, and vice versa. And then finally, as educator, now, there's a lot of uh, any given day uh, members and their staff are dealing with hundreds of different issues, and they can't be subject matter experts in every single one. So part of my responsibility, I think the largest part of my responsibility is really serving as an educator to those on the Hill about what the art of the possible is, about what's happening in the private sector, about what industry is doing, about what what the new things are happening in technology and how that innovation can really help them meet their real core goal, which is providing service to citizens. Nigel, now, you know what I you know what I love is that you out here just you casually casually dropping bombs right <laughs> right i just i gotta give you the <laughs> i gotta give you the flex bomb it's, it's crazy i mean my goodness gracious okay that's dope just drop the funk master flex bomb i did i, did. I got a whole soundboard over here man i'd be like <laughs> you know i got <laughs> i got all 
doing it. I got, I got all kinds of stuff over here, man. But look, um, it really that's a it's a I really appreciate the answer. It leads me to the next question. You know, has, <laughs> there, has there ever been a situation where your own life experience has shaped how you approached a policy discussion? I mean, how do you decide when and where you, you know, you flex and let people know, hey, actually, I know what I'm talking about versus where you decide to kind of lean back and let things play a little bit? Um, take it to a, a bigger picture. It's not so much on a specific policy area, but for my life experience, I think the lesson would be to be vigilant about building your skills and have confidence in your abilities. When I was starting out my career, uh, there were your veteran rock star African-American lobbyists, right? Your Vernon George, your Tony Cook Bush, your Ben Johnson. They were a, another upper echelon of influence, but there weren't that many at just the general corporate level, right? Even more, there wasn't really a clear path to where I wanted to go, which is at that corporate level. So I had to really build a diverse set of skills, um, I, you know, whether it be political management, uh, financial management, an MBA, where do I get the diverse skills that I'm going to need to piece together to be effective in the role that I want to get to? And then have confidence that I'm building the capabilities to bring my best self to the table. Now, applying that to the policy realm, you know, Accenture is about technology and innovation, right? How is tech being used and how can it be leveraged in the federal government? And how can those best practices in the commercial sector be applied in the federal government to help them bring those services to citizens more effectively and then even more in our current atmosphere at a cheaper price? Now, in government, they may not always see the vision, right? They may not be on the on the tip of the spear of innovation. And unfortunately, sometimes inertia and, you know, we've always done it this way. This is the safest way of doing it um, can be the worst enemy to progress, regardless of how much that progress is needed or regardless of the benefits that could occur. Right. But we have to be vigilant as policymakers and as a company trying to provide service to those policymakers. you got to be vigilant about building those skills and capabilities. What's the, you know, what's that new, is it AI, automation, machine learning? Is it migrating things to the cloud? Is it ERP systems? What are those innovative things that are happening in the commercial sector? Building those skills and capabilities, and then also being confident in that what we're offering to the client is in the best interest of the client. Man, I love that. And, you know, again, it's almost like, it's almost like, you know, you, like you've been doing this for two decades, Nigel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine that your role demands a certain level of intellectual depth. Like you have to know what you're talking about when you're coming in and you're advocating for um, the services that, um, that Accenture provides. I mean, but also at the same time, a, a certain level of emotional and social intelligence and actually in how you actually engage those topics with your audience. Um, can you talk a little bit about the role that um, emotional and social intelligence play practically in your role day to day? Yeah, um, there's always the requirement of learning, lifelong learning. You got to be committed to it. Right. I'm, I was telling uh, some colleagues the other day that my my kitchen table's covered with books that I never thought my kitchen table would be covered with about AI and coding and automation and those kinds of things, because I have to really understand the subject matter, even though we have subject matter experts that will be exponentially smarter in these things than I ever will be. Right. They're, they're, that they live it. Um, right. But for me, with the with the emotional and social intelligence, you know, as a lobbyist, I always try to keep in mind 
that elected officials and their staff are always primarily focused on outcomes. They're always focused on meeting the needs of the real people that they represent. Right. We may not agree on all the politics. We may not agree on all the policy. Right. But I have to keep in mind that your whole purpose of being there, working these long hours for the pay that you get, is because you care about the constituents that you're representing and you're really trying to make a difference for them. So keeping that awareness is you know, essential in keeping things in perspective, even during the most heated policy debate. Right. And then essentially part of my job is the main requirement is to pay attention to the nuances of government. You know, and the people in the government, and you can't fake that, right? It's not what you necessarily see on television every day, right? That's that's the upfront, you know, constant barrage of social media and 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 the twenty four hour news cycle. Yeah, there's a lot of nuance of what those individuals, what they're working on, what they're passionate about, and how you're going to play a role in all of that, and you and you really have to pay attention to that. Expound a little bit about that when you say like the upfront. Like, what do you mean by that? Well, there's there's the stuff that you that professionals report on, right? That's the high level news that yep. you see. Yep. Okay. But at any given time, when I walk into an office, a member or a staffer is dealing with a number of different personal and professional issues. You have to look at a staffer. When I was on the House side, uh, I was worked uh, for a congressman from Maryland, Congressman Albert Wynn. My portfolio included environment, healthcare, education, transportation, small business. And uh, telecommunications. And I was also the staffer for the Minority Business Task Force for the Congressional Black Caucus. Now, at any given time, I was dealing with issues from, you know, building roads on one side. And then that meeting would end and I would quickly have to transfer over to satellite communication technology. Right. That discussion, you have to keep in mind that these are human beings that are working long hours and that their minds are focused on all of these different things. So having that type of um, that that emotional intelligence for for the the challenge that they're facing every single day allows you to approach the conversation in a certain way, so it's the most effective use of their time and yours, and you can actually make a difference. Nigel, you're a political relationship subject subject matter expert, so you know the difference between good quote unquote and bad quote unquote politics, right? Um, can you give us some examples? And I kind of want to I want to take I want to really take your insight and experience in Capitol Hill and talk about office politics a little bit, because I know you've seen it. You've seen it all right. Because you, you don't just <laughs> okay. you don't just live in, in Capitol Hill. You also have to go into the office. You have to you know, what I'm saying? Like you're you flex between a variety of different environments. Right. So can you give us some examples of like tacky office politics and things that all employees, but especially employees of color should avoid? Okay. Um, okay. Well, there's there's an old adage in government relations and lobbying that there are no permanent friends or permanent enemies, only permanent interests. And instead of enemies, a permanent opponents, only permanent interests. And you also have to keep in mind, what is your permanent interest? And does getting involved in petty office politics help your movement towards your interest? Or is it creating unnecessary risk? Right. Mm. The shorter version of that is keep your eyes on the prize. Yeah, yeah. I would strongly recommend. My personal opinion is don't get involved with that obvious politics because the deck chairs are always going to shift. Right. The only consistent thing in life and in business is change. So there are always going to be people spending a disproportionate amount of their time worrying about those types of things. 
I try my best to avoid it. I recommend that people try their best to avoid it. Maintain positive and even more so positive and strategic relationships and focus on delivering your best every single day. You do that and then, you know, the other stuff will play itself out. And oftentimes, you know, you're in a steady state. You will find that you will actually progress moving forward in a straight line in a linear fashion versus, mm. this, you know, uh, uh, losing your focus and getting engaged in other things that aren't going to help you. So let's shift gears a little bit. You know, you serve on the board of directors of SCORE, a nonprofit organization and national partner to the U.S. Small Business Administration dedicated to entrepreneur education and the formation, growth and success of small business nationwide. What was your reason for engaging in this space and as uh, at the board level? Right. There's plenty of things that you could be doing, Nigel. Um, with your with your time and with your various talents, what was it about this space that got your attention and your passion? Um, well, I I have a long history with small business. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, my dad ran his business out of our basement for years, right? So I've seen I'm, I've got uh, a number of family members that are entrepreneurs and small business owners, and so I've witnessed firsthand the impact small businesses have not only on a household but on a community in general, right? The positive impact that that can have. Um, I, I said before, I was uh, when I was on the Hill on the House side the first time, I was uh, the staffer for the Minority Business Task Force for the Congressional Black Caucus. Uh, when I went to the Senate uh, to work for Senator Kerry on the Senate Small Business Committee, you know, I was working on policy issues that would promote and, and um, advance the cause of small businesses and entrepreneurs. Um, and SCORE was one of those organizations that I worked very closely with as a Hill staff. Um, and then when I got the opportunity to join the board, I jumped at it. I mean, these organizations, this is an organization of 11,000 volunteers that are former executives. So these are retired corporate executives and former entrepreneurs themselves who are willing to share their wisdom for free. Let's say that again, for free. For free. For free. So if anyone is listening and you're running a business now or you're interested in starting a business and being an entrepreneur, I strongly encourage you to reach out to SCORE. I strongly encourage you. It is a wonderful opportunity. Um, but at the board level, I think I get an opportunity to really provide strategic advice and guide the organization in a way that I can make a difference. The decisions I'm making now and the input that I'm providing now is going to lead the organization into the future 10, 20 years from now. All right. So what are they doing with regards to um, investments in the organization and building it out? And uh, what are they doing with regards to reaching out to diverse communities and reaching out to the new generation of entrepreneurs, which may be your uh, millennial um, age individuals? What does that mean? What does that mean for women and minorities who are uh, uh, disproportionately creating new businesses faster um, than other communities. Like how are we serving all of those communities in such a way that it's really making a difference? And these guys are serving everyone from mom and pop sandwich shops all the way up to your innovative technology companies. So how can we help? How can I help play a role in that organization doing its best to reach all communities? Well, that's incredible. And you know what I, what I think is really powerful about you being in that position is, as we know, there are systemic and structural challenges that come with um, economic self-empowerment and advancement and really participating on these stages. Um, and, and I say we, I mean, like black and brown folks 
I'm in, in these spaces. And so you having that insight and giving your point of view in how your point of view and not just your point of view, but your, your strategic uh, wisdom, uh, I believe, is, is very much so invaluable. So that's powerful because a lot of this stuff, like we don't really know. A lot of us don't really know where to start. Right. It's not. It isn't, you know, your grandfather's uh, space anymore. You know, you ha- there, there, there's, there's, it's more complex. Uh, there are different hurdles to jump and uh, spaces to navigate. So that's really incredible. Um, this has been an amazing conversation. Before we let you go, hey. yeah, no, nah, hey, I appreciate you. Uh, before we let you go, any parting words or shout outs? Uh, <laughs> well, I just want to thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate the invitation. I appreciate um, the opportunity to have this conversation. Um, it's really made me think about you know the, the context of, of what uh, I do um, and what there are a number of others uh, in the Washington, D.C. metro area that are making a real difference uh, in the lives of individuals and really in what – governments are doing and what industry is doing and what our overall community is doing. So I thank you for the platform. I really appreciate the invitation and I look forward to having many more conversations. I look forward to it too, Nigel. Man, look, we, uh, we definitely consider you a friend of the show. We can't wait to have you back. Now look, Nigel, I don't know how much of the living core podcast you listen to, but every now and then we got to drop some air horns. Okay. So I got to put them in here right here. There you go. I'm saying I just got to, and I reckon I hope it's not culturally in the sense I recognize your people from Jamaica. I love air horns. I love it. All right, cool. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, all right, uh, Nigel. Till next time, uh, we'll catch up, man. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Peace. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.